This episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the wonderful patrons of the Tube Podcast Network. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zolgeek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, aka Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Jake Martin, Randall, Jenny E., and many more have all chosen to show their support for Tales from the Backlog by going to patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson to throw a few bucks a month my way. And in return, they're getting some wonderful treats like the ability to vote in polls for what games I do on the show. Today's game, F0X, was the winner of one of those polls. They also get bonus episodes and patrons at the higher tiers can be able to submit games for those polls. If that sounds interesting to you and you want to support your favorite podcaster named Dave, well, aside from the other Dave that's on this episode, once again, patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson. Your support is always appreciated. With that being said, let's get this race started. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. My guest today is a friend of the show, host of Remember 64 and Back in My Day podcasts, coming to you at 900 kilometers per hour, Dave Petrangelo. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. 900, at least just to start. Just yeah. to start. That's right. We're, we're going to hit the accelerator. We're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, if you may have guessed from that little intro there, or because you clicked on the episode with this title, today we're talking about F-Zero-X, which is a futuristic racing game developed by Nintendo EAD and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64 in 1998. And it's good to have you on the show, Dave, because uh, you are the host of a dedicated Nintendo 64 podcast. Uh, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode here. But uh, for now, just want to throw that out there. We've got a a, a true blue Nintendo 64 head on the show here today. <laughs> for better or for worse, I am here, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this game today, F0X, is on the show because it was the winner of a Patreon poll. Uh, it demolished the competition. It lapped the competition, to use Ooh. some little <laughs> racing game terminology for everybody. Um <laughs> Thank you to everybody who voted in the poll. Uh, If you are listening and you'd like to vote for future games to appear on the show, you can go to patreon.com slash realdavejackson. And yeah, we we have polls every month for a game to come on the show. This game, like we said, dominated the competition. This is a special episode. Uh, I wanted to do... Actually, all the games that were in that Patreon poll were games that have no stories. Uh, (laughs) Because I, I kind of found myself on the show... Having a lot of games, doing a bunch of work in spoiler sections, you know, what do I really want to talk about? What's the themes we got to dig into? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about a game where there's no story. You just, you just race 
all gameplay. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just want to hit the gas and go, right? Exactly. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no spoiler section in this episode. There is no story. There is backstory, which I'm we're going to talk about because it's, it's real weird and fun and goofy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, this is not a game that you can be spoiled on. So no spoiler yeah. section. If someone is listening and has never played F-Zero X, we've prepared some elevator pitches for the top of the show. Uh, I wrote down, it is racing at a thousand kilometers per hour to a badass speed metal soundtrack. What would you say, Dave? (laughs) I'd say get out of the elevator as fast as you can because these vehicles are going to destroy it in an (laughs) instant. Also, fast AF racing with wild futuristic environments and massive a massive grid of vehicles. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it is fast. If we're going to use like two words to describe F-Zero X, fast racing. Yeah. Or <laughs> I will spell out what you wrote, what you abbreviated there, fast as fuck racing. <laughs> this game took me a few hours to like kind of run through the Grand Prix modes. There is no story mode in this game. Uh, later games do have story modes, but not this one. It is just pure racing. So a couple hours to beat the Grand Prix modes on two difficulties. I was not able to beat them on the expert difficulty. Uh, I played this on Steam Deck because um, I used to own this on N64, but it was a casualty of my collection turning over several Mm -hmm. times through the years. Mm -hmm. So I played this on Steam Deck. It runs great on the old emulator. Um, Dave, how long would you say this took you? Where did you play it? Um, so I, I played it on switch cause it's on the uh, expansion pack for N64. Right. So great place to play it right now. I think it's a very easy way to, to access it. I do mm-hmm. have, I'll hold up my cartridge. I do have a cartridge, nice. um, as well. I, for whatever reason, did not put this in the console when I was playing this over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, I just, you know what? It was just easy to just, I had the switch beside me at, at all times kind of, cause I'm kind of playing through a couple of their like at least one other game for my show at the moment. And it was just easy to flip between the games. So I just kind of, mm-hmm. and they're both very different games as well. So it was actually uh, very easy to do that. So it, it controls pretty well. It works pretty well on there. It's very slick. Uh, you know, Switch kind of makes the colors pop a little bit more, I think, mm-hmm. on that screen and everything. So that was really nice. And uh, yeah, the expert difficulty, I definitely uh, got my butt kicked and was not able to get through that. But it probably yeah. played it at least a f- like three to four hours in total. I think I re- it took me a while to really get a handle of the game because it's been a long time since I played it. Mm-hmm. So I think it took me maybe a little bit longer than it did for you, at least on that standard middle difficulty to kind of, I guess, quote unquote, beat or complete those uh, those GPs. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, the races are so short, it, you know, you could you could repeat the GPs and the races and stuff like that. And still have a really good few hours, no problem, even if you didn't come in first. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great game to just pick up and play for 15 minutes, just do a couple races. So I did do that from time to time, including in the 15 or 20 minutes before we started recording tonight. I was like, (laughs) a little bit of time, go run Mute City again. Yes. (laughs) So uh, we'll start out every episode as as we do. So we'll start out this episode, just like we do every episode, by talking about our histories with this game. Um, Like I said at the top, you run an N64 dedicated podcast, so you have some degree of affection toward the Nintendo 64. So when did you first play this? And um, yeah, what's your history with the series? 
Yeah, as I wrote a little bit in our show notes, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here is um, I definitely played this game and I definitely played it a decent amount, but I have more experience playing this uh, series on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, I never owned either of these games. I, I have this cartridge of F-Zero X with me, but I got that much later. Um, but uh, I would say that this is one of those games that we rented a decent amount. I think, and because and because like you just mentioned, it's easy to just pick up and play. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, that's that like a younger kid, that's perfect. You know, when I was 10, 12 years old with this console, like uh, that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, and playing it solo, playing it single player is still a lot of fun. So I think that that was pretty much it. I don't know why I never continued with this series or why I didn't have it like at the top of my racing list at the time. Because like, I love like, just like a sci-fi setting like this. Like it's so over the top sci-fi that it should have just been right up my alley. But I think honestly at this time, I think I was still playing and probably continued to play Diddy Kong Racing out of Mm -hmm. any racing game on this console (laughs) over and over and over again. Um, So I think it overshadowed a lot of others. So I had some experience, but not, not as much as I actually, when I really sat down and thought about it, not as much as I really... I really thought I thought I had more, but uh, but this series is really just the first and this game, and uh, and that's pretty much it. I haven't played any of the others, um, and a few hours here and there, I would say, with either of these, and that and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I so I had this game on the N64. This was definitely in our collection when we were growing up, and we played it a lot. This was. I mean, we had Mario Kart also. So it was like this and Mario Kart were the racing games. And it's like, do you want to have fun with your friends and just kind of goof around, play Mario Kart? Do you want to like, you know, play a real fast, more like much more difficult racing game than play F-Zero X? Yeah. So we, we did have this. We played it a ton. I never played the Super Nintendo version until it went on the Switch Online service. And, uh, yeah, kind of like you said, despite really, really loving this game and owning a GameCube, we never bought F-Zero GX. Yeah. And I owned a Game Boy Advance. I didn't even know there were F-Zero games on the Game Boy Advance back then. <laughs> so, and I, I think that a lot of people would probably say something similar because they stopped making these games because nobody buys them. So it's, I, I, you know what? Like it's it's one of those series that that definitely would would do well. And I think... I mean, most recently, there's a little bit of, you know, there's access to the series yeah. on Switch Online. So I think that, you know, there's three versions of these games, essentially, or of this franchise right now that you could play online. And like, maybe, maybe that's a hint. Maybe they'll start getting like, you know, letters in the mail, so to speak, of kids that want to play this or people our age that want to play this again. Because I think I think they should go back to this and, you know. We'll get into sort of backstory stuff like you mentioned, but like story, quote unquote story or not, I just think there's a there's a good time to be had. So it's it's a shame that it kind of like just dropped like 20 years ago. Yeah, we we kind of talked about this in the episode we did about Super Smash Brothers, like introducing us to new characters and new series. Yep. But like there's an entire generation of people who were born and grew up without a new F-Zero game. So they know about F-Zero because Captain Falcon's in Smash Brothers. Yeah. And he's a like kind of an iconic Smash character at that too. So maybe now that F-Zero 99 is on the Switch, well, 
if you're listening to this in a couple years, it might not still be there. But <laughs> now that it's there, maybe like people will take this new format, try it out, enjoy it. And um, maybe that'll send a little bit of a message. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some indie developers who are making F-Zero type games that um, I'm excited for. Because again, uh, Nintendo's not going to do it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta put it in everybody else's hands, apparently, because yeah, uh, apparently Nintendo doesn't like money. I don't know, <laughs> or maybe they do, yeah. and that's why, like you said, they didn't keep making them. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's it's they they really like money, and people just didn't spend money on these games, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So maybe the free one will generate you know enough interest in in this type of racing game. Yeah, and and if you're and if you're playing ninety nine like that as well you at least have access to the Super Nintendo ver- version of this game. So you can play like yeah. what, what that's based off of. But if you have the expansion pack, you paid it a couple extra bucks for the year or whatever to, to do it. I, you know, there's only so many at this moment, at this recording, there's only so many N64 games on there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those ones that, again, like you said, you could pick up and play. And I think if you're, have a handheld version of Switch, if you have it on your couch or in bed or something, this is a great game to to do that so i think it could be something that people go back to because it's a much easier pick up and play than something like i don't know like paper mario for example that's on there yeah, that, or, yeah. or, or the zelda games that are going to take a lot of time right so i think that could be a good selling point and i hope i i honestly i hope that it is i hope that it yeah. is. i i agree and uh the reason that we're like so hopeful for the future of the series is that f-zero x is fucking awesome i love this game <laughs> it it had been I, I don't know, like maybe 10 years since I last played it. Um, yeah. I yeah. think the last time I played this was on an N64. Yeah. The last time I was at someone's house and they had it or the last time that I owned it, I don't know. But uh, I just picked this up for the first time after a long time. And it was like just putting on a, a, a coat that perfectly fits. It was just, <laughs> you know, a, a nice pair of sweatpants. I'm comfy. I'm back home. Um, I love this game. It is uh, very difficult on the higher levels in it. Yeah. It kind of ceases to be fun if you take it too seriously, I think. Mm. But uh, for just playing on like the easier and like the standard difficulty, running through the Grand Prix, listening to this, like this is one of my favorite soundtracks in gaming. So just jumping back into this was a, a complete blast. I'm very happy to have gone back. Yeah, no, you're right. It is... It is very good, and I think that um, I think the the difficulty ramps a little too quickly for my liking mm-hmm. because I I I I want to I want to just sort of take this as it is, you know. I want to take a game like this in stride. I want to just sort of go through races, not really care, and like, okay, I came in fifth this time. Okay, I made a mistake, or oh, I was getting too aggressive and my my vehicle blew up. Okay, my mistake, kind of thing. But then like. When I got to that middle difficulty and I was sort of in like the fourth race of one of the GPs, I was like, I, I just want to, I just want to fucking, I just want to, I, I got to win. Like, and I just, <laughs> and I wasn't like, say, I wasn't like sort of um, a spam saving or anything before each race. So I could go back. I just wanted to see how I could do each time. And man, I, I replayed some of the GPs like three or four times to be able to come in first. And like, yeah. I wanted to come in first because that, you know, unlocks things and whatever, but it's still fun, even when you're when you're behind, when you're losing. Just the the way that they really make you feel like you have speed works. Like yeah. you you are in this like suspended track 
which is like kind of just like in space, essentially, when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, with all these loops and turns and walls and whatever and all this stuff. But like, I don't know. It, it's I don't know if it's because I, somehow they, they really nailed the speed part of it. And if, when, especially when you compare it to its predecessor, it's not even not even like it's not even a comparison. How yep. much, how much they really add to that feeling. And that, that's the key to it, I think, is, is really feeling like even if you're in last place, you are bombing down this track. Yep. It, it says down in the corner, it tells you how fast you're going and it's yes. like, you know, 900 kilometers an hour and you feel like you are going that fast and yeah. you're completely right. Uh, that's why I don't like the Super Nintendo version because it, it doesn't feel like you're going that fast. And in the mm-hmm. N64 version, it does. Um, I also don't like the GameCube version I've gone on to like try it and I don't like it because they ruined the soundtrack. The soundtrack oh, no. is, it is not the pounding, uh, like electric guitar shredding soundtrack. It's like a, it's not a relaxed, like electronic soundtrack, but it's not pulse pounding the way it should mm-hmm. be if you're going 1200 kilometers an hour. Uh, yeah. and I, yeah, I just, I just don't like it. So this is in my opinion, like by far the best one. And I, I kind of wish that F-099 was built on this. I, I just think that this is the better game. If there's a technical reason why they couldn't have 99 of these cars on these tracks, I, I kind of get it. But, you know, I'm just kind of wish casting here. It, it would it would be nice. Yeah, I, I think that I think you would really um, I, I the simplicity of the Super Nintendo of the of the original version of 99 and stuff. I understand why it's it's structured from that uh, engine mm-hmm. i guess you could call it um or from that that version but yeah if you had yeah i mean i, I mean that's the thing what, what's crazy about this game is that there's 30 vehicles in the mm-hmm. race to start that's a lot man that is crazy all they had to do was like maybe bump that to 50 and it's all actual people the chaos would just be amazing it would be yeah, it would be the wild. best chaos best chaos in, <laughs> in any way whatsoever like it would be so much fun um but but i i think i think the um i mean i have i have nitpicks with the way the game controls and stuff and what we'll get to that but like yeah i really think that the way this feels is just far better yep that's what it, it is a to. it's it's a win it's a definite win for yeah. the type of racing that this is um, setting out to be yeah so Let's uh, let's check out some of that soundtrack when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about not like the plot, but we'll talk a little bit about the story of F-Zero because it's worth hearing. Yes. F-Zero, if you are thinking like, that's a cool title for a sci-fi racing game, I agree. It's a cool sci-fi total, uh, <laughs> title, but it, F-Zero is actually the name of the race that you're doing. It is an intergalactic like 
death race, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is explained in manuals and backstory um, in various games. There's also an anime from what I could tell. I did not watch it, but um, the F-Zero is a death race where all the baddest people from around the galaxy come to race for glory and to settle feuds and all of this stuff. So I didn't know that all of these characters had backstories back when I was playing it. But a little bit of like, (laughs) a little bit of Googling, I was kind of like checking through wikis and I was like, I remember the character Samurai Goro. What's his ship called? Maybe we'll talk. Oh, there's a backstory here. And then I, I looked up the manual for the game. And so in the game itself, it doesn't tell you these things at all, but the manual has little bios written uh, F-Zero GX, which is the one from GameCube, goes more into story and backstory for the characters. So um, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about some of these characters, their backstories. And like, if you're following along, which I hope you are, I hope I hope you're listening to this. Uh, you, know, you know what? If this is just white noise when you work, that's cool too. I love you too. Um, <laughs> but if you're following along, listen to these character backstories and just think about the world that this is painting. You know, yes. the, the world building here. So, um, Dave, you want to take turns going through some of these? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll start with, I'm going to start with Captain Falcon. Yeah, let's sure. Start, of course. The mascot. Let's start with the, yeah, let's start with the, the mascot, the man himself, Mr. Uh, Super Smash Falcon Punch himself. Um, one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy, one that has earned him many enemies. Ooh. Falcon, <laughs> Falcon joined F-Zero desiring to fuel his competitive drive with his own machine, the Blue Falcon. During his long career, he has consistently thwarted the plans of Black Shadow and other evil forces, both on and off the Grand Prix circuits. Much of Falcon's past is shrouded in mystery. (laughs) So, like I was saying, like, so he has this rivalry with Black Shadow and they they duke it out off of the racetrack but then when f-zero happens then it's game time Uh, black shadow is also a character in f-zero x um black shadow's bio reads uh he is a cold-blooded king of evil feared by all so the king of evil comes to race in these races with everybody else Uh, he's wanted by the galactic federation yet often shows up at f-zero because they're extraterritorial they you know, the Galactic Federation has no jurisdiction at F-Zero. Anything goes here. Um, so Captain Falcon uh, has had a lot of success off the racetrack uh, thwarting his plans. So Black Shadow wants nothing more than to see the end of this meddling bounty hunter, preferably in front of millions of fans. Uh, and his <laughs> car is called the Black Bull. So Black Shadow is not only out to defeat Captain Falcon, but to embarrass him in front of all the fans at F Zero, <laughs> if there's going to be any uh, victory, embarrassment has to come with it for your competition. It has to, yeah. right? Yeah. Why, why, why go for it? Why, why drive at 1,200 kilometers an hour uh, unless you're going to embarrass uh, the Blue Falcon that is two spots behind you in the standings? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so we have we have this rivalry between these two kind of main characters here, but there are. 30 cars uh yeah 30 drivers so all of them have backstories and they get fun i think (laughs) they do they do um i want to pick one out we have well first actually you know what first i'm going to go to the next one on our list that we're looking at right now because 
I read this as Michael Caine. I did too. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it said Michael Caine. So I am not going to do a British accent because I can't, and I can't sound like the, the one and only Michael Caine, but I will talk about Michael Chain. Right. <laughs> uh, Michael Chain is the head of a racing clan known as the Bloody Chain, which by the way, Bloody Chain is kind of cool. Definitely mm-hmm. straight out of an 80s movie. Like that's yeah. that's what they're going for. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. they're going for, I think, for the most part with this game um, and these backstories and everything. But yeah, I like it. Bloody Chain. I like where you're going with it. Um, the membership was 10,000 members at one point. What what numbers for a racing gang? <laughs> 10,000 people Spe- in a gang speci- of racers. Specifically racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never mind the Sopranos. Never mind any of these Yakuza oh. and all this. These the, the bloody oh, Tony bloody Sopranos got just, nothing on Michael Chain. Nothing, man. Michael Chain <laughs> has is just going to drag you around with his bloody chains and run mm. you over at twelve hundred kilometers an hour. <laughs> well, he'll uh, try. He'll try. Yeah. Uh, he said it says that he entered F Zero to showcase skills and represent the crew, but his efforts have failed. So. Somehow he just keeps coming back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he initially joined the circuit to represent the gang, but his lack of wins has caused a lot of members to leave. <laughs> and the organization's membership has drastically decreased. He drives the wild boar. This guy has the saddest story. <laughs> it's so, so he joined to represent the crew, and now it just keeps getting worse. And he's, he's the guy who's like, all right, just one more race. This is the time. The- and <laughs> <laughs> This might be the, like this description might be the reason why they don't have the backstories in the game because no one would pick this guy because he's the sad sack who never wins. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Um, on my other podcast, a top three podcast, we did top three fictional vehicles. Mm. And one of my co-hosts, Aaron, picked Michael Chain's wild boar car <laughs> on the top three list. I have a feeling <laughs> he wouldn't have picked it if he knew the backstory. Uh, honestly, because it's <laughs> it's kind of depressing, right? Like- yeah. I mean, he, he looks, he looks badass. He's this giant, like, you know, yoked up like dude with a bunch of chains wrapped around his shoulders and stuff, yep. but apparently can't race just real bad he, at racing. He does have a cool looking vehicle. I will, I will say that like, it sort of has these, like, I don't know. The hood is like split up into like multiple pieces sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they're just like <laughs> air vents or what. I don't know. But he, what he did remind me of is one of the. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure this, I don't know the name, I should look it up, um, but he looks like one of the sort of like mini bosses or one of the main bosses in a lot of Double Dragon and Battletoads games, mm-hmm. where he's just like this big bulking guy, and he just has like really like big punches and fists and stuff. He has like a big upper body and tiny legs. He's like sort mm-hmm. of that kind of animation, and he looks just like him. It's so funny. The guy in, <laughs> in those games doesn't have like the chains, and he obviously he's not using a vehicle or whatever, but... Um, Anything that references back to uh, Super Double Dragon or Double Dragon Battletoads, the crossover game that they had, I'm mm-hmm. all for it. So it looked like, nice. to me, that's that's what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Captain Falcon and Black Shadow. They're, they're rivals, bounty hunter, king of evil. Michael Chain heads up a gang. Um, I, I would like to introduce Bio Rex, who is an actual mm. dinosaur. <laughs> so we have this aspect of the... Um, galactic society biorex's uh bio says biorex is a genetically engineered creature designed by a group of scientists who would then form a racing team again we're 
it it's Jurassic Park, but for the purpose of forming a racing team, because in this universe, nothing matters except for racing. Absolutely. Um, what is the racing team called, you might ask? Well, it's called Dinosaur Racing Team. <laughs> and they designed his car, which is called the Big Fang. <laughs> Dinosaur the, racing team. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling the um the writers for F Zero were just like, give us all of your weirdest and dumbest and most fun ideas possible. That I mean, that's I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, I think you look at these descriptions that we're reading, and like you said, there's 30 of them. So this is just yeah. the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm-hmm. But then even look <laughs> at like the vehicles, like only some of them really make sense and stuff, but like a couple of them sort of match the characters, I guess you could say a little bit. I'm trying to find there's one care. Oh, here. Okay. So there's, there's one, one description that I saw through the manual that got me the most okay. out of any of them. And, and we've hit some good ones already. I will say that. Okay. But Let's this is <laughs> Silver Nielsen. And Silver <laughs> Nielsen is not only, you know, playing off the whole like Silver Fox idea of like an older guy that's racing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to ask what a silver fox, the age of a silver fox would be, sort of idea, I th- I think people would say yeah, 50s, 60s, oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. No, this guy's 97. <laughs> <laughs> Not only is he 97, he has a huge Santa Claus beard and he okay. has a cane. But but he's able to race what it says here, a 1530 kilogram machine. Uh, and his body strength is B. He has very good boost at A, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. his grip is E, so it's not very good. But his description is excellent. Nielsen has participated in more Grand Prix, Grand Prix races than anyone, but has yet to win. Oh, man. His age has drawn criticism, but because he's <laughs> resentful of newer machines, the other racers are avoiding him. <laughs> <laughs> Is this poor old guy, man? Yeah, he's so just, lonely. <laughs> just can't win. He, he's again. He's the guy. He's like, I just, I need to win one, and then I'll retire. He's like me yeah. out at the park playing basketball. I need to make one more three pointer, then I'll go home, or or just one in general. <laughs> just one in general. Yeah. <laughs> For me, right. it would be one three pointer, just like ever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what's going on with him too. That's great. honestly, oh my god, I was just like, you got it. Like I just, I just looked at the guy's picture. And was like, wait, just like, okay, let's just check this guy out. Nine, like 97. They are not shying away from the fact that, like, it's not other other characters. In comparison, other characters are 26 on this page. 18, 36, 41, 24. There's, there's one that's like 215 years old, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a couple unknowns as well. It's a couple unknowns. Right. Uh, Pico or Pico who's one of the early characters you can you can race as and I think he's in the SNES one as well. Um he's 123 but in okay. brackets it says or so he says. Oh okay okay. So he's <laughs> at least 170. At least, right? Yeah. yeah, he's he's going down as like in like his age class or weight class, you know. Yeah, he's, he's like doing. some of those baseball players where they're actually 15 <laughs> years older than they say they are. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of old, um I've I've got another one that I think is really funny. So we've got, you know, some people we got a dinosaur, the skull, uh, who's an actual skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Bio says the skull was once the greatest driver of the F Max Grand Prix, which is a competition that predates the coming of F Zero by some 200 years. 
Thanks to inexplicable powers of science and black magic, his return to the world to do what you might ask to race. <laughs> he's here to race again. He's back racing. There's nothing else he, to do in this galaxy. He didn't, he didn't do enough of that. Apparently he just, <laughs> no, there's no one has any, like you said, no one has any purpose unless it Except is to race. To race. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel bad for the people that aren't F zero racers because their lives are just meaningless. I don't. So based on this game, I don't know. And even honestly, even the original, I don't know if there are any other people in this world because the tracks are empty. <laughs> the tracks are empty, but um, there are some levels where the, it looks like there's like apartment buildings and stuff yeah, down yeah, below yeah, yeah. you. That's so. true. Yeah. It could just be for all these racers because apparently yeah. everybody wants to race and there's at least 30 of them to start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to want to run through a couple or like like one more each? Yeah, I was uh, I was looking in the ma- the manual ones are kind of cool too because it shows uh, it doesn't go through all of the care or maybe it does actually now that I'm flipping through it. Um, Z- Zoda or Zoda is one mm-hmm. of them. Yep. Um, which similar to who you were talking about with Black Shadow um, being like you know evil. What was what was the uh, what was the king the, of evil? King of evil. That's it. Yeah. So Zoda or Zoda is not the king of evil. But the incarnation of evil and an <laughs> intent on conquering Earth. <laughs> okay. So why he's racing the Grand Prix is still a mystery, which seems to be the question that we keep asking about all these guys. But hey, right. it is what it is. Uh, his past disputes against the Arrows and Captain Falcon are well known. So okay. he's just there to thwart them. Uh-huh. I will say he has a very cool looking uh, racer. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a triangle with a with a, a nose out front, and he has sort of these like blue lightning bolts on a black background. Looks kind of cool. Um, so I'm I'm all I'm all for that. Kind of looks cool, but the the age is unknown. The yep. incarnation of evil thing is yeah odd. Well, but he's bad for the sake of being bad, and you got to have some of that, I guess, in these goofy games. Yeah, you know that like taking over the universe is. Yeah, it's stressful. Sometimes you got to go blow off steam. You got to go. You got to go race. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to hit a boost and 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 fly, you know, knock somebody off of the track, knock someone off the track. Yeah, (laughs) I guess uh, the last one I'll bring up is Beast Man, uh, who if you look at his picture, Beast Man is a guy wearing a dinosaur costume or a crocodile (laughs) costume, I suppose. Dinosaur, (laughs) dinosaur. Um, So Beast Man already kind of why are you wearing a costume when you're racing in these death races but Beastman's bio explains why he's wearing a costume Beastman was once attacked by a large space crocodile which changes life forever which makes sense to be honest would change my life too are you sure it does um well well let's if we're assuming that there are large space crocodiles okay. then getting attacked by one would would change okay. your life. I'll give you so, that. All right. <laughs> uh donning the attire of a dinosaur, he became the beast hunter. His outfit was not able or was o- not only able to hide his identity, but his apparent shyness as well. He's shy. That's why he wears the costume and that's why he's racing an F0. <laughs> the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he has one of the most generic names for his uh, his racer as well. The hyperspeeder. Hyperspeeder. Yeah. Again, I like the way it looks. It kind of looks like this old school cartoony version of like an like a an old <laughs> war jet sort of thing. It's got like the the um, shark teeth and eye and stuff at the front, like whatever that sort of design is supposed to be called. 
Mm-hmm. All for it. Until you got to the shy part of the description, yeah. it just sounded like Craven. That, yeah. Like he's, he's just Craven from, but he's <laughs> from <shy>. Spider-Man. <laughs> but yeah. he's shy. So he's shy yeah. Craven. They're know. like, <laughs> uh, all right, we can't just put Craven in the game. You, we have to change something. Okay, he's shy. How about that? Boom. Sold. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Promotion. Um, there's one more that I thought was really funny. Uh, there's a there's an octopus in the game. Oh, His yeah. name is Octoman. Oh, yeah. Octoman is uh, a representative of Takora, which is a planet currently at odds with the Milky Way Space Federation. Of course they are. The confrontation between the Federation and Takora grows more tense and drawn out by the day. The Takorians are surrounded by enemies, are in a very unstable economic state. This is all direct from the source here. I didn't make this up. Due to this, Octoman wants to win the Grand Prix so that he could pay the education costs for his children. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> He's the only like, one with noble reasons to race. <laughs> I I I have to I have to tell you that uh in a way. You are wrong, sir, because at the beginning of this episode, you told everybody there is no story here. That's oh, true. there is a story. Oh, there yeah. is a story with Octoman alone. <laughs> Octoman out practicing on the track all day long. He, he missed dinner. He comes home late. His family's mad at him. He's like, I'm doing all this for you. <laughs> Eat your spinach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. That Like, it's just... I... Like they don't have to do this, you know. Make make goofy looking characters, make interesting looking sh- like racers and ships mm-hmm. and stuff. Build the tracks that they built and stuff, and, and and sort of leave it at that. I mean, like you know, it's totally fine. And they could be you, you you know some of the descriptions we've read are longer. The ones in the manual are shorter because they just don't have the space. Just leave the ones in the manual. Like you don't have to go deeper than that. Just leave it mm-hmm. as is. But no, this guy is getting involved with the Milky Way and education and he, he means business. Octoman means business. And I love it. Yeah. You've you. So you've got the guy who's just trying to pay for his kid's education. You've got <laughs> uh, the guy who's desperately trying to gain status for his gang. But every time he races, it gets worse and worse. There's <laughs> like, so F zero GX has a story mode and I'm much more inclined after putting these notes together and reading all of these to go back and play F zero GX yes. because like, I want to know what, what, so they take all these backstories, then what happens? Like, <laughs> what is the story mode going to be like? How do they morph these together? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and we, we read maybe like seven or eight of these things. Yeah. There's, there's 20 more that you can go read on the wiki or in the manual for F0X. So again, there's there's no plot in the game, but I, I did have so much fun going back and reading these character bios yeah. that I'm really glad we got to spend some time going through them. And just kind of, again, painting the picture of this world that F0 takes place in where everything revolves around these races. Everything, literally everything. <laughs> <laughs>
So moving into like the actual act of playing F-Zero-X, the first thing we got to talk about before we even talk about racing is we got to talk about this soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. I've already said that this is like probably in my top three to five video game soundtracks ever. It is um, a speed metal, like shredding guitars. Some of the songs have like hyper compressed, like kind of death metal vocals, like growling yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but very heavy on again shredding electric guitars, some uh, some keyboards and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. it's fast paced, it's pounding, super melodic too. Very very recognizable melodies like. People who probably, you know, if you never played this game, but you play Smash Brothers, you probably know Mute City and Big Blue for the uh, F-Zero stages there. But this is a soundtrack I love cover to cover. I listen to it probably more than any other video game soundtrack. Nice. If you uh, cohabitate Discord servers with me, I you probably see me drop F-Zero music in the, the uh, music <laughs> channels like every couple months or so. I fucking love it. What do you think? It's it's awesome. Um I think I think what always impresses me with uh, with soundtracks that even if even if the music isn't my style of music, right? Like, yeah, if it fits with the theme and really gets you into the mode of what the game is, especially something like this, where it's all about chaos and speed and and being able to sort of, you know, obviously go as fast as you can and win a race, whatever. It just even though these races are short. I don't know. The music just gets you pumping through these minute and a half to two and a half minute races. And that's all you need, right? Like in short spurts, it's fine. Like I understand sitting there and and listening to the soundtrack, having it on the background and stuff like that. But like the way that they constructed all these and and they just fit with like the style of the track. They fit with sort of like the backgrounds. They fit with, I don't know. It just makes sense to me and it kicks major ass. Like I just... I, the the second I turned on the game on the Switch and, and just the menu started, and then I just went and clicked on the first race, which I think the first race is Mute City, which I think it is for all the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, this song's the best. This, yeah. this is the best song. I love it. It's stuck in my head. Like, ever since I pressed go on the first race a few weeks ago, it's been stuck in my head. And I don't mind it at all because it kicks ass. <laughs> yep. I think there's only like one track on the soundtrack that I don't like love with my entire heart. And that's the Mm -hmm. death race uh, song, but it might be connected to the fact that we'll talk about it later. I think the death race is trash in this game. Mm -hmm. So it, maybe there's a connection there, but like if I'm listening to the soundtrack on YouTube, it is a just straight through the entire soundtrack. I'll listen to it all. I seek out all of those people on YouTube that do like metal electric guitar covers of video game music because this is this is what i want to hear them play this and like (laughs) xenoblade chronicles music and stuff like that so (laughs) yeah yeah, this is this is fantastic um the snes game had the same type of music but it was with Mm -hmm. the the uh, super nintendo sound chip of course Mm -hmm. and it was really weird to me turning on again like i mentioned before f-zero gx totally changed the way the music is and it is it just doesn't have that pounding, like, like we said, thousand kilometers an hour feel to it, like this one does, yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I think it makes a huge difference. It really does. Like, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's easy to get away with. I think it's a little bit easy to get away with sometimes with, with racing games. Not lazy soundtrack, but not needing to do too too much with it. 
And I think they did the opposite here. They got however many people they got together to create this music. And it just, it just bombs you right through these races. And I, I, I love it. I think it's, it's super great. I, I, it's not one of those games where I'm sitting there and like really um, focusing on the music, but in mm-hmm. a good way, you know, like I'm not sitting there going, Oh my God, this like to me anyway, my experience with it is not, Oh, like race three. Oh my God. This song is so much better than the last one. I'm just focused on the race itself. Yeah. But it's never something that's distracting. It's never something I'm not enjoying. And it's always something that, you know, when I go back to that race, I'll recognize and be like, oh, yeah, this one kicks ass. You know, somehow it sits there, even though I don't know what it's called. I can't remember what race it was from. But somehow I I hear it again and it it sort of flips a switch in my mind. I'm like, yep, this is this is one of those ones. Um, And I I got that for, I would say, most of these races. Yeah. uh, Most of these songs. It it does have that quality where like. Like we said, this game's hard. So if you're focusing yeah. on the racing and then for a couple seconds, you have a straightaway and your brain can kind of relax a little bit, you'll like come out of it and you'll there'll just be this wild guitar solo going on that you yeah. didn't realize was happening. I'm at the point now where I know this soundtrack so well that I'm like humming along while I'm racing uh, to it. And it's, yeah, it's just, it, nice. it's fantastic. <laughs> I, part of the reason I put this in the... Uh, patreon poll to begin with is because i love the soundtrack so much and like one of the things i like the most about making these podcast episodes is listening to the soundtracks and putting Mm -hmm. them in the episodes i was like it's gonna be fucking great for f-zero x i can't wait hell yeah yeah (laughs) and you know and it's it's kind of relentless but also in a good way because it Mm -hmm. it really doesn't it doesn't um just like the game doesn't really hold your hand the music doesn't either it kind of just is in your face. Yep. Just and the goes. game is and the game is supposed to be as well. And uh, like I mentioned before, when we first started talking about it, it's just it fits with what it's supposed to be. And to me, that is a huge accomplishment when it comes to a soundtrack, especially for a racing game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in a lot of racing games, you have other things to focus on besides the music. I mean, video game music in general is great at this as being yeah. background music uh, a lot yep. of times, but. Yeah, this is great. There is no voice acting in the game except for the announcer who has like maybe five stock things that he can say. Yeah. Uh, and the announcer has like a really, uh, what's the word, like robot voice. I don't know. I forgot the verb. Yeah, um, it's sort of um, this strange like, uh, it's it sounds, yeah, it sounds sort of Almost like a, it almost sounds like you're listening to someone on an answering machine from back in the day, uh-huh. but with a little, but, but with like, you know, it's a little bit scratchy. It's a little bit faded. I think part yeah. of that is just N64 sound quality and stuff, cartridge quality. Um, I don't know what they were going for. I know it's like supposed to be an announcer, but it's yeah. also like this announcer that's only for you because sometimes he tells you like, watch out or, or, yeah. you know, watch it's your back. The fi- yeah, watch your back, which I don't know. <laughs> Uh, shouldn't I always watch my back if I'm going this fast with 30 other race, uh, 29 other racers? But mm-hmm. I, I don't know when that triggers. I don't know if you picked that picked up on that or not. But it, it's weird because you would think it would mean there's someone behind you, but there's 30 cars in F Zero X. There's always exactly. someone behind you. Always so. someone behind you. I thought maybe it was when like your rival uh, car. It might be. Yeah. But it's but but it doesn't always happen that way because <laughs> the rival would be in front of me because I'm not that great at this game. And uh, I'd be in, you know, fourth place, third place, something. Like, Watch your back. I'm like, uh, for what? Uh, yeah, like you said, there's 29 
or 27 racers behind me at this point. I've, I've, yeah, I got to watch. I got to watch in front of me. Never mind. This this part of the track has no wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? um, I, I, I kind of like it, though. Like, it's, it's again, like everything else, it's sort of very over-the-top 80s um, yeah. camp kind of thing. And the voice feels like that, too. Um, I will say one of my favorite little sort of sound bites of the game is just the countdown. The three, oh, yeah. two, one. I love it. I don't know what yep. it is. It's just a little robotic three, two, one. And then the ding happens. And I, I don't know. It just, it just everything in this for the sound and the, and the music just fits nicely. And, yep. and I, I enjoyed that. It's, it's got a perfect little timing thing where it counts down the three, two, one, and then goes go. And when it says yeah. go at the same time, it hits this weird pitch in its voice, which yeah. I put at the beginning of the episode. So uh, everyone got to hear it, but it hits that weird pitch in the in the voice on the word go. The car engines all start, and the first chord of the music starts all at the same time. So it's like starting off with a bang, and it's yeah. it's awesome. It's it's brilliant, really. It, yeah. it just is. Um, I think the rest of the sound effects are just fine, like the the, the mm-hmm. racers and stuff. Yeah. It, it's fine. It's it's manageable. Like I don't, I don't know that there's anything that stands out. I don't know if you had if there was anything that you're like, oh, I just love the way that sounded or felt. But I think for me, it was everything outside of the of the cars, like all the stuff that we've talked about so far, because mm-hmm. the cars to me were it was fine. The boost sounds fine, whatever. But yeah. none of that stuff stood out as as anything special. Yeah, it's it's mostly the music that stands out. The rest of the the yeah. sound effects are just, you know, rocket boosting sound effects yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> like that's yeah, it. that's <laughs> Those rocket boosting sound effects and uh, kind of the the driving soundtrack all plays into another like really impressive thing about this game, I think, which is that they made the conscious decision to sacrifice visual stuff to make this game run at 60 frames a second on the N64, which, again, we talk about all the things this game does to sell the speed that the Super Nintendo version can't sell you. The N64 one does, and it's because it's 60 frames a second. Um, the camera is by default lower to the ground. It's like mm-hmm. not right behind your car, but it's it's lower than the Super Nintendo camera is. Um, and then the music, of course, too. But because they did that, I think you mentioned at the beginning, what you have in this game are you have the 30 cars on the track, you have the track, and then you have some like cloud foggy backgrounds and that's it that's all the detail that this game has because they cut out everything that they could to make it run at 60 frames a second yeah and um i i didn't even actually make i i looked that up i think i noticed that like yesterday or two days ago or something the 60 frames thing i didn't even make that connection that that would like make a difference Mm -hmm. but actually and when you pointed out too i thought about this when i when i booted up the super nintendo version briefly as well is that the angle does make a difference the camera yeah. angle on the car, it's almost, it's, I know, I know when you're like looking outside of a vehicle in a racing game, it is technically quote unquote third person view or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels more like a third person perspective in, in what would be an action game or something where you're like sort of at shoulder level yeah, with the character right. instead mm-hmm. of like two or three feet above their head. And I think that gives you a sense of speed because you really see the ground in front and behind you a little bit more. And a lot of the designs of the ground or every once in a while, they're, they're almost like it's like a, the floor will be built in a bunch of panels almost. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you're driving on 
a fence that is on the ground sort of thing <laughs> where you just see all the panels sort of flying by you like if you're going really fast or something so it almost feels like you're you're moving faster than you probably actually are um yeah. or would be and all those little design choices it doesn't matter what's behind you like you said like it could be very empty or mostly empty i never noticed that as being an issue because everything is so hyper focused on just your racing and your yeah. vehicle just and trying to make it through the race yeah trying to make it through the race but but it's a great design choice mm-hmm. i think all of that is a great design choice and makes all of the feel of it work yeah you you do lose a little bit of like view of what's in front of you because the camera mm. is a little bit lower so uh there is a little bit of trial and error with some of the harder tracks because yeah. you'll come around to turn and suddenly the walls are gone. And if you didn't expect it and you're going in the wrong direction, you'll just fly off the track and die um, and have to restart the race. So there is a bit of trial and error with learning the tracks because of the camera. Or um, if you pause the game, you can change the camera angle. Uh, You can get a more, you can get a higher angle, which... Yeah, it's a little bit wider, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it is higher, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I can't do it because I'm just so used to the default, but I, like you yeah, I did can it for change one race. the camera. I did it for yeah. one race and I was like, it's fine. I, I think it helps in some of those situations like you're saying. Um, but other than that, I, I just, it's still, even though it's not perfect, I still think it, it felt better just playing as the default. I think they made the right choice in making that the default. And even if you didn't know that setting was there, I think it's totally fine. It's a better way to play. Yep. Speaking of playing, let's uh, let's get on and talk about what it is actually like to play this game. So we've been talking about it. it's a racing game. I think this is the no, I don't think this is the first racing game to be on Tales from the Backlog. So good, uh, good little first one to be on F Zero X. Unlike other racing games that you know I've played, I, I think this game is actually pretty unique in this regard. That it is a racing game that is trying to sell you that you're going incredibly fast and. That's the deal with this. It, you're going nine, eight, nine hundred thousand kilometers an hour as they measure it in the game. Um, and so the way it works is you pick your vehicle and your character at the beginning. They all have different stats for body uh, body mm. rating because uh, cars do have durability. They can they can blow up in this. Um, a boost rating and a grip rating for turns. Captain Falcon is like the default racer because he's the most balanced. He's the Mario of this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, his ratings are like B, B, and C, I think. Something like uh, that. B body, C boost, B group. Uh, yeah. Or grip, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But you can pick uh, lots of different racers. You unlock more racers by beating Grand Prix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Before every race, you can also kind of tune your car to be heavy on acceleration or heavy on max speed. And... They let you do this after seeing the map of the track that you're going on. So if it has a bunch of straightaways, then maybe hit that max speed. Uh, if it's a, a winding track, maybe lean on acceleration a bit more. 
Yeah, I, I got. I'm of two minds about this sort of idea. I like this idea. I find mm -hmm. that to be unique. It's not just that each vehicle and each driver has their own sort of three stats, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, which I think the ones I noticed the most out of all those stats was the was the grip, because some yeah. of the one, some of the characters that didn't have good grip, I was like, I cannot control this thing. Um, <laughs> so I had to go with ones that I think C was the lowest I could go. Otherwise, I was all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, it, make, it makes sense. It, it is what it is. That's totally fine. Depends on your play style and everything. But the the acceleration and max speed thing, um, you know, pulls up a little menu, gives you a little sort of like snapshot of your character on the left side. Um, which are the same snapshots that they have like in the manual. So it kind of gives you a full body sort of, and you can change the color of your vehicle as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, so the acceleration and speed thing is interesting. It's just a dial and it just goes left to right. And you can sort of, I think it's like six or seven different sort of like little sort of air, like areas you can choose from of like, if you want to be a little bit more to the left or to the right acceleration or speed. Yeah. Um, one thing I remembered with this game is because it's one of the only games I remember doing this. Uh, growing up is when I didn't know what acceleration meant. Oh yeah. And, and I immediately <laughs> went all the way to the left because the way that they animate it is that the sort of like graph that is behind that bar goes straight up to acceleration. Uh -huh. So it almost, almost makes it look like you're going to go faster if you go all the way to the left. So I was like, mm -hmm. of course I want to go the fastest. <laughs> I'm going to go all the way to the left. I'm going to pick as high to acceleration as you possibly go. There, there's strategy. To, obviously, that's incorrect. But there's strategy to picking it depending on the race, right? The only thing is, yeah, if you see like a lot of turns and stuff, you're like, okay, maybe I'll pick better acceleration because I need to sort of go around turns a certain way. Maybe I'll, hit, I'll bump into a wall every once in a while. I'll have to sort of really sort of manage my uh, my speed so I can keep up with the pack if I mess up or something. But every once in a while, you get tracks where it looks like there's a lot of turns, but really, it's just loops and stuff. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. and then you're playing with an acceleration that you don't need. And then you have to basically either reset the race or just, you know, take whatever position you get. And, you know, it's fine. They try. They show you a sort of little 3D rendering, like you said, of the map beforehand. But I think unless you like play these maps a few times, you're not, I didn't remember some of them, like associate the names with some of the actual like visuals of, of playing the actual map it's, or race itself. So mm -hmm. every once in a while, I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, I could be winning this race if I just picked better speed, for example. Um, yeah. It, so it works to a certain extent. I like the mechanic and the idea of it. It's just, it would be nice if it was a little more clear, but I understand there's probably limitations to that as well. And they can, I don't know maybe no yeah it's it's a cool mechanic it's a cool idea and for people yeah. that are better at f0x than i am it's probably like the difference between winning yeah. on the high difficulties and not um the thing is that you, there are 29 other cars on the track so like even if you have a track with a bunch of straightaways and you boost up the max speed um, if you run into one of the other cars, then you're going to slow down and need to accelerate yeah. back up. And because there's so many cars, it's kind of hard to avoid bumping them constantly. Uh, Especially so, on the tighter ones too. Like yeah. it's, it's honestly impossible. Yeah. So this was like, I would try to strategize a little bit, but yeah. every race kind of ended up feeling the same because I, I couldn't avoid running into the other cars. And, you know, the cars all have durability. And mm -hmm. so... 
I think part of what they want from F-Zero is they, they want this to be kind of like racing combat, you know? Like yeah. F-Zero 99 has like a spin attack that you can do to hit, like actually attack other cars near you. This yeah. game doesn't have that. But what you can do is kind of like ram them, try and knock them into the sides or knock them off the edge of the level. It's really hard to do that though. So most of the time I just kind of raced and tried to avoid them. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this will play into a little bit of, of the sort of, what was it, battle battle mode or something? The death whatever. race. The yeah. death race, that's it, yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not a battle, it's, it's, <laughs> it's to the death. death. I should have yeah. <laughs> known. Of all games, I should have known it was a death race. Right. Um, it kind of plays into a little bit of, of that. Um, it doesn't quite work. Like, I think... I think because you're because you are going so fast and they make you feel like you're going so fast, trying to bump into someone purposely sort of really throws off your balance sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if you have those vehicles, like I mentioned, that have like lower level grip. Sometimes that just like whips you around and you're just like, whoa, OK, I can't control this. And it just so, yeah, I, every once in a while I would maybe do it if it was really and I was, I was really beside another vehicle. I would like, OK, I'll press R twice and see if it works or whatever, but you're never really significantly damaging them. Mm-hmm. So it's more just do, do the, do the corners, right. Hit the boost when you need to use your boost when you need to, and just try to survive. Like you mentioned yeah. and hit 13, 1400 kilometers an hour, a couple times. If you ha- if you can, depending on the race and you'll probably be okay, but yeah, it's, it's not it never to me it never felt like oh this is this is a race to the death it just felt like this is a race to the fastest and less mistakes like just yeah that's it exactly and you know a lot a lot of the later tracks are pretty difficult to Mm -hmm. just stay on the track at the like through three entire laps because they have uh sections without guardrails and stuff like that if you fly off the track you die and have to start the race over again so you're right. A lot of it is just survival and just trying to win the race. And if you end up blowing up another car, uh, you get a little star on your UI, uh, which and I'm like, oh, cool, I did it. And but I didn't try to most of the time. Yeah. I, does the star do anything? I meant I wanted to ask you. Does I don't it, think so. You know, I don't think, I think it does. It's just right? a it's, kill count. Yeah. yeah, it's a kill count. <laughs> it should it should be like like in the you know the sort of like old school like jail thing where they put yeah like the teardrops. Yeah, or no, like an etch on the on the oh, yeah. on the wall, or, or to your truck. <laughs> Imagine that you go back and you get like three stars, and Captain your car Falcon's has, got, has yeah, he's got three teardrops. teardrops. On yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's fine. Honestly, the only time that I got that was on those port parts of tracks, and some of them that don't have a lot of barriers, where I like bumped into someone, they accidentally fell off. Like that's yeah, that's the only time I got it. <laughs> Now, there's an entire mode of this game called the Death Race, like we said, where they basically line up 30 cars on a track with no turns, and they just set you loose to try to destroy all the other cars. Have you tried this? I did try it. I was, I think you alluded to it a little earlier. It's it's not great. I think for me, it would make more sense if it was not just a straightaway. It would make more sense if it was not a straightaway. And the 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 killer thing for this is that the the enemy drivers just drive straight. They don't try to attack each other. They don't try to even attack that. you. You're right. They don't. <laughs> they just drive straight, and it it really feels like they were like, "We need to have another game mode." And what can we do? All right, it's a death race. 
we have a week to program this. So here's a straight track. <laughs> Everyone's on the track. They just drive straight. And I remember playing this as a kid. We never beat one because that would be that's a ridiculous thing to do to beat this death race. But it's, we would oh. we would play and kill like 10 of the enemy drivers, and that would take like an hour. It it's a it's an insane thing to attempt. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting that it's there. It fits in like what the point of F Zero is from a story perspective, but it, it's real bad as a way it's, to spend your time as an adult. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> as a quote unquote adult. As, as yeah, I mean, people call us adults. I don't know if we actually are, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I think I one. I don't think it would take an hour to take out ten cars, or accidentally even take out ten cars if they did this on if you did this on some of the tracks. Yeah, because. You come close to being destroyed or other vehicles become close to being destroyed on regular races. Why don't, why don't you just play a track for 10 minutes and see what happens? Because it would be more likely that the computer or someone you're playing with would hit the wall a little bit too much and that's what would do them in. Mm -hmm. Great. Just do that. And it makes you feel like you're playing a similar like just like a different version of what you've been playing up until this point. And it just makes you like maybe use your aggression or your, you know, aggressive like approach to racing in a different way, but within the same sort of quote unquote, like universe or game style, you know? So I, I don't know. It doesn't, the straightaway thing killed me the most. I'm just yeah. like, wait, what? I thought it was just a start, honestly. And then it was like three minutes. I'm like, well, no, this is just how it is, I guess. <laughs> yep. It is It is just a pure time sink. And you're right. When you do some of the normal races, especially the ones that have like unguarded, you know, edges of the track, uh, like four to six enemy drivers will fly off and die during every race. So yeah. if you could just, you know, turn that into a death race, don't make it be the regular three lap races. Um and just keep going, then that would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Most races are three laps. Um, mm -hmm. A lap usually takes like 30 seconds in this game. So they're really, really quick races. Again, great game to pick up and play. The Grand Prix modes have sets of uh, six courses yeah. each. Yeah, six. Yeah. There's five Grand Prix modes. You only have access to three by default. You unlock more by beating... Um, the Grand Prix on higher difficulties, which is not something that I can do at all. So I just live with the three by default. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can try and like use some emulator hacks to to unlock the other ones or something. There's probably some cheat that you can put in an emulator or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, in each Grand Prix, you have six lives for your car or fewer on higher difficulties. Right. And uh, the last Grand Prix, the King Cup, uh, the, of the default three, there's two more that are harder. Uh, the King Cup, I often would lose all six lives during that from flying off the sides of the, the track <laughs> because it's just uh, the cars handle a little bit slippery if you're not uh, yeah. in total control. Um, you have the um, like the power slide type moves to help you turn. You can also, I think they really want you to like let off the accelerator when you turn and then like pick it back up. But it's still, it is a... A tough game to control on some of these harder tracks. There's um, a couple tracks. There's one with a half pipe where if you're not careful, you'll just get in this 
out of control loop of going up each side of the half pipe and then <laughs> just, fly out. <laughs> you just go left, right, left, right, left. Like you just, yeah. and you could, yeah. And you can whip yourself right off the track, like no problem. But mm-hmm. I, I played that one actually this morning. Um, <laughs> and, and I was just the first time I did it. I was like, and you, and it's so hard to get yourself back. Oh yeah. Back on, back on it's track. It's definitely a, a panic loop when you it start is, that. A hundred percent. And it's, but it looks, it looks hilarious. I just sort of let it go. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. You really have to like (laughs) really slow down because I think that is the only way you can sort of like re-grip yourself kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Those types of tracks and those types of like designs in the tracks, I think are are cool ideas. There's a lot of interesting ideas of what they do with the tracks here because they can kind of just go wild with it like they did with everything else in this game. Mm -hmm. Um there's one in particular that's similar. It's not. It's sort of like an opposite half pipe. Um, it's the one that's just like a tube. Yeah. And you're just where you're going like, on the outside of the tube. Going yeah. on the outside of the tube thing. That if you go too fast, you can throw yourself right off it, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize. Yep. So I did that like the second time I did that race. Um, I think on the on the sort of middle difficulty because it's like I gotta go faster. Um, that's also one of the races as well. When you look at the the 3D map rendering, it looks like there's a lot of turns, but you're kind of only going straight mm-hmm. for the most part. But like those ideas, I love that they can do that in this game. Like I love those design choices and the fact that they can just go wild with these courses. I don't think they all work, but none of them make me super frustrated. I'm never like, oh my God, I have to do this race again. I just, okay, it's just not as good as the last one. And that's pretty much it. And that's, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's good level design really is what that is. Yeah, there's a couple races where um, I have trouble getting through without dying. But it, a yeah. lot of times, number one, it's never because I'm out of durability on the car. It's always because I fly off the side of the edge because I was just, you know, going too fast. Um, yeah. I, a couple times, like, I will just think I have things lined up right. And then a turn comes and I'm not lined up right. And then I, I, I don't like take, you know, that half second to slow down before a turn or mm-hmm. miss the good time to use the power slide or something like that and fly off. Um, but uh, when you do fly off, a lot of times it's like, yeah, I got out of control there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your own, it's of your own doing, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, when you, oh, that's what I meant to say before. When you're mentioning sort of different approaches to sort of taking the turns and like, there's sort of like a drift, I guess, in a way and, and all that. I got into the habit of just tapping the gas. When I mm-hmm. ran around some of the corners and I didn't really use the other sort of ways of approaching it. So Interesting. it would, yeah, it would, it would keep my speed up a decent amount, mm-hmm. but it would slow me down just enough that I could, some of the really tight ones, I, I, you know, it didn't quite work for that, but if it was not like a hairpin turn, I could find my way actually around that corner pretty well and find that I would be in the same position I was and and still staying with with the pack kind of thing. And, you know, it's it's it helps a little bit more when there's not as many vehicles around you because they're not bumping you around and stuff. But like on the second lap, for example, uh, the, the second half of the second lap, I was like, okay, I'm going to start tapping the gas around that corner. Mm-hmm. And I I found that to work. Maybe maybe I'm just really aggressive and have a hard time doing things that like, <laughs> like pressing the brake in a racing game is just not intuitive to me. I just right. Don't you wanna, don't want to. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I leaned on yeah. those um those power turns, the power slides. I did not do like the tapping of the accelerator. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that worked out pretty well for me. 
most of the time you you do have to like time it correctly or you'll just mm-hmm. power slide right into the wall. Um, but yeah, that, that worked out for me. Um, I guess the only other thing to talk about, like what you're thinking about when you're racing is on the second lap, like you just mentioned, uh, you unlock boost power. The announcer right. goes, you got boost power. Yeah. yeah you don't, really- you don't unlock boost power. You unlock boost power. Like exactly. That's, that's <laughs> what you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you get a boost that you can use, but the, the catch is that boosting drains the health of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. So you can't just boost all the time that you want to, or you will blow up from just running out. I would guess you, you can maybe use it five or six times without healing. Something yeah, like if, that. Yeah, if you don't smack into a wall. Yeah. Right, and that's assuming you don't hit anything also. Yeah. Um, there are health strips on the ground of every track, but driving in the health strip slows you down. So it's always a little bit of risk and reward of how much do you use your boost? When do you use your boost? Um, cause you, you don't want to do it and then come up on a turn and crash into the wall or something like that. <laughs> um, do you go in the health strips? Cause if other cars are in there healing up, you can get, you can gain some ground if you avoid it. Yeah. For me, it, it depends. I think I, I think until I really got the hang of sort of doing the tap the gas thing on the turns and stuff, I played this game super aggressive. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was the music that was amping me up or just because I felt sure. like I was going so fast. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't throwing myself off, off uh, you know, ledges and stuff like that when I played the first couple in the lower difficulty. I was blowing up because I was just hitting all the walls. Like, I was just mm. out of control. Um, once I got, you know, I was like, okay, I, I got to rein it in a little bit. I got to play this a little bit more responsibly so I can actually survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went into the into the strips if I was around 50% of my health and I was not uh, in the top five, I would say, um, depending on the race, right? So I the reason why is because the, the risk reward thing of of using your boost and, and your health meter, I guess, or, or your, you know. Um, so I needed to make sure that I had enough to sort of catch up if I needed to. Um, but... It just depends. It depends. For the most part, though, I, I do think I, I took it for at least a, a second or two. Um, but some tracks really try to edge you to not do it because they'll have like boosts in between the two sides mm-hmm. of where yeah. it is. So they'll have like a boost strip or whatever. Um, the only problem with that is just like every other racing game of this era and almost every era is, you know, the rubber banding. So I could hit that boost all I wanted and it yeah. probably didn't do anything. So I just took the extra health, essentially. And then I could use the boost one more time at the end of the race and try and close yeah. the gap. So, Yeah, the, the rubber banding is definitely noticeable. And mm-hmm. once you get on higher difficulties, you, you get to a point where, like, there's no rubber banding. You're just, you, you're not going to catch up to the leaders. It's just really difficult. Yeah. That's where I think... You know, being a master of taking all the turns, like knowing the tracks inside and out, uh, tactically using your boost and stuff like that, there's there's like a really high degree of skill it would take to do well on high difficulties in this game. Absolutely. Uh, for, for a variety of reasons. But Yeah, yeah. No, I think so too. Yeah.
So I, I think like some aspects of the gameplay we've talked about are a little bit like, you know, the cars feel a little bit slippery if you're not like really on top of techniques for turning. Yeah. Um, the, and basic turns, by the way, not like, yeah. you know, going through like really crazy S turns. We're talking just a right turn. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be a little bit on top of some of the techniques. Otherwise, it feels really slippery. The rubber banding can be a thing, um, especially if you go on normal or expert difficulty. Some of the tracks are a little bit difficult to finish until you like really learn them well and learn where those sections with no guardrails are and be really careful or yeah. fucking take your time in the half pipe. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> stuff like that. So like the game can be a bit frustrating, but I, I don't like find myself like getting mad at this game ever. It's just, it's still, you know, despite a couple things we point out as, you know, not being perfect or anything like that, it's still just like a, a blast to play, to pick up F-Zero-X and play it for 15 minutes, play through one of these Grand Prix, you know, uh, six races. Each race is two minutes long, something like just pick up and play like that. I don't really care about unlocking stuff. I don't really... You know, I want to win the races, but that's about mm-hmm. as far as my desire goes. So this is just, you know, a ton of fun to to pick up and experience. I, I agree. I think that, um, like you mentioned uh, a while ago, like, don't take it too seriously. Like, it's they're, they're having fun with this, and so should you, honestly. And, like, mm-hmm. if you don't have the handle on things and you feel like, ooh, I don't like the way that, that vehicle start over you only you probably only put four minutes into the game right. start over <laughs> and pick a different one that has slightly different stats and don't think too too much about the acceleration and speed part of it i think just keep it right in the middle especially for yeah. the first for the first gp on the lowest difficulty you'll you'll probably be fine um especially for the first couple of races that are just like really wide and you're, you're not really worried too too much about bumping into the walls i think like you know Play a couple of sets of races. If if the first one didn't sell you, play it again, but pick someone different. You'll probably get a little bit of a feel for what they're trying to do with this because you'll have slightly different stats. And uh, and then you'll be like, okay, I, at least for me, to, to, when I was re-familiarizing myself with the game, I picked, I can't remember who I picked first. It wasn't Falcon. I don't even think I played as Falcon once, actually, now that I think about it. Because um, mm. I was like, I don't want to be... Like you said, Mario. I don't want to be Mario. I want to be some other crazy guy from the first, mm-hmm. you know, group of of characters. Um, and uh, yeah, it is just it's just fun. It's not perfect, but it is damn fun. And sure, maybe I won't play it tomorrow. Maybe I won't play it next week. But it is. I have the cartridge, and even if I stop playing Switch Online, it's going to be one of those games that I will just put in my sixty four and play for half an hour play for 20 minutes and i might not be that great at it but i don't care like it's just cool it's a cool fucking game is what it is it is and and i think that makes that that's a it it they should sell it as f-zero f-zero cool as fuck like that's what it should be called (laughs) (laughs) it is it is a cool game it's you know I, like I said, I don't take this game super seriously. I turn it on. I play on one of the two lower difficulties. I blast through a Grand Prix. I enjoy the soundtrack. I enjoy the, you know, the simulated feeling of going, you know, a thousand kilometers an hour. Uh, Maybe I'll screw up and I'll fly off the side of the track and, 
you know, watch my car fall down and take out an entire city block or something like that. But <laughs> it's, it's just a really fun game. Um, and it's, it's one that I'm, I have a level of comfort with like the controls and the speed yeah. and the, the way everything handles that I can just, you know, jump in and have a good time. Who would you recommend as far as like someone for a first time player, what kind of person would you recommend F-Zero X to? I think, I mean, if you've had a decent amount of experience with early racing games, you know, Super Nintendo, even Mario Kart 64, Diddy Kong Racing, uh, but especially if you've played and enjoyed Wipeout, mm-hmm. I think this is sort of the Nintendo equivalent of what Wipeout is. Because it's got the speed, it's got the futuristic sci-fi, it's got the music, all of that type of stuff. Um, I haven't played a Wipeout in a, in a very long time, like none of the new ones. I haven't tried them. I, I remember enjoying the early days of Wipeout and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's the personality of these. Somehow, th- this game feels like it's got just a little bit more going on with it. So, um, if you want a racing game that feels a little bit faster and is a little bit more wacky... Um, and is honestly, I think doing something different, um, than just picking up power-ups and stuff as like the cart mm-hmm. racer yeah. and stuff. I think this is where you go. I think this is hundred percent the place that you go. And it is like you mentioned, I think pretty much off the top to me, it is the superior version, especially compared to the super Nintendo one. I haven't played the GameCube one. Um, but to me, this one feels like it's, it's not perfect, but it's damn fun. And that's what really matters. So yeah. Yep, Exactly. Um, I, I guess one other thing to point out is you made a good point. This is not a racing game where you're going to play, you know, collecting power-ups, messing with your friends or something mm-hmm. like that. This feels a bit more, um, I don't want to say serious because it's not a serious game, yeah. <laughs> but it's not Mario Kart. It's not Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Um, it It is a game that I, I think is best, you know, played i can't imagine playing this game multiplayer i'll just i'll just say that like it'd be played hard. solo or if you're like playing with someone you know local just pass the controller back and forth because races yeah. take a minute and a half basically yeah. but yeah yeah uh recommended i mean i recommend this game to anyone who you know wants to play a racing game and hasn't tried it because it's it's a pretty unique one in the sense of speed that you get again can't talk enough sugar about the soundtrack it's um it's just a great time and now that it's on Switch Online, if you have the expansion pass, you can play F-Zero X. If you just have like the regular Switch Online, you can at least play the Super Nintendo. And then for some uh, point, you know, until some future point, you can play F-Zero 99 until they yeah. <laughs> cut that. But yeah, uh, you can play that. So F-Zero is available. And I think that's pretty damn cool. Um, there are, like I said, there's actually, I'm going to open up steam real fast and find yeah. that. Oh yeah. The indie game stuff. The yeah. Indie actually, one. A, that'd be awesome, man. Like anything that the indie community is doing with games and they're trying to like bring back old ones and old feel and stuff like that. Like it, it's, it's great to see because they're sort of expanding and innovating on, like, they're not just going to make, you know, uh, whatever, um, B zero instead of F zero, you know, like they're, go- they're not just going to like na- name it slightly different. I was yeah. gonna, I don't know what I was going to say, but I had a hard time finding another letter. Apparently there's no other letters to use. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, found, I love it. Yeah. All right. So I found the one, 
that's being made. It's called Aero GPX. Uh, Ooh, and I it like has has kind of like that um, cel-shaded art style, like if you played okay. Sable or something like that. Um, it looks really fucking cool. This is, you know, a classic thing in the gaming industry. Like Nintendo doesn't want to make an F-Zero game. Nintendo doesn't want to make, or whoever, uh, I forget who makes Harvest Moon, but it's the same story. The person was like, they're not making Harvest Moon the way I like it. I'm going to make, an, I'm going to make Stardew Valley. So this, yeah. these developers are saying, no one, they're not going to make new F-Zero. Fuck it. I'll make it myself. So as they I, should. Yeah, Exactly. So again, I, I really do recommend people check out F-Zero X. I love it. But I also yeah. want to give a little plug for Aero GPX because that looks really cool. I am going to wishlist that because that is right up my alley. <laughs> yep. Uh, supposedly coming out spring of 2024. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Perhaps nice. people will hear that on Tales from the Backlog in Ooh. the future. So yeah, a pretty, pretty easy recommendation for F-Zero X. I knew that basically before I even started playing it for this episode, but I'm glad that it held up the way that I thought it would. Yes. It's tough sometimes with games like this, like even like, even just saying the way it looks, it it doesn't need to look super flashy. It doesn't need to look like the best racing game ever. Yeah. How they make everything feel brings the whole package together and everything. Like it doesn't have to be the greatest track ever. It doesn't have to have all this, stuff in the background that really fills it in. It is the experience of playing it is what really matters in a game like this. And I think like they nail like 80% of it, I would say. Yeah, it's it's good. And um, I, a lot of games, like you said, that, you know, I loved as a kid, you know, I played F-Zero X when I was like 11, 12 years old, something like that. I really loved it back then revisiting it for the podcast and loving it is not a foregone conclusion. That's yes, exactly. Oftentimes not the way it works. And, uh, you know, this quite well because you are revisiting games for your Nintendo 64 podcast. Remember 64. So please, uh, tell everybody before I start talking about myself, please tell everybody <laughs> about remember 64. I guessed it on the show before we talked about the, uh, lovely South Park game for the N64. <laughs> so tell everybody about the show. Um, yeah. So the way I put it sort of like in the, in the tagline or at least elevator pitch, like we did with the, with this game mm -hmm. is that, um, we, I'm, I'm going through with a bunch of guests like yourself and, and uh, rotating co-hosts and guests and stuff on every episode. It's someone different, um, or most episodes, someone different. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Because uh -huh. the N64 is, and I've used this, and guests have used this uh, multiple times as a description for games that we've played, um, is kind of awkward. That mm -hmm. that stage, that generation of gaming, the PlayStation included, I would say, is awkward. You know, things don't look amazing sometimes. They don't control very well most of the time, I would say. And um, there's a lot of limitations to that technically. So we're going through the entire library of the N64. We are, as of this recording, just under 40 episodes. So just under 40 games through. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the heavy hitters are behind us. We've done Mario 64. We've done Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, we've done Kirby. We've done Smash. We've done Donkey Kong 64. Yourself, you, you came on and we did South Park. Um, <laughs> and every, but everything's a mix, right? Like, yeah, I remember loving, you know, Smash Brothers, or I remember loving Mario 64, or you remembered loving South Park. And you go back and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of titles on the N64. One of the reasons why I wanted to do it was because there's a lot of games that I did not play. I think almost everybody played all the obvious ones. They played the Mario Parties, the Mario Kart, the, the Ocarina of Time. And then outside of that, I had my Game Boy Advance or I had my, my Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't experience a lot of these games, including South Park, like when you came on. So right. there's a lot of surprises, whether they're good surprises or bad ones. It really just depends on the game and the episode. I, I really, unless it's one that I really had fond memories for, like Diddy Kong Racing is one of the ones that I will always love. It's not even fair that, you know, that I can compare that to anything else. Because to me, it's like a A class, S class sort of sort of game. But mm-hmm. I would say 80% of this library I've never played before or I don't remember playing it. Yeah. And I like the surprises. I like that I can be pleasantly surprised or pleasantly disappointed, if that's a yep. thing. <laughs> One of the things, too, is like, because, you know, for you and me, and I imagine most of your guests, I mean, I, I listen to the show, so I can confidently say most of your guests were all of a similar age. So most of us did grow up with the N64 in some capacity. So yeah. the way that what I like about that with people's weird childhood histories with games is like you said, most people have a history with smash brothers and Mario Kart and Ocarina of time, but everyone's got like those two weirdo N 64 games that they played a ton that no one else has like played or maybe even heard of. And so that's an opportunity to uh, really learn about some weird, cool games. um, Yeah. Show. And, And it's a little bit selfish, but hopefully it helps with the audience as well. Whereas like for yourself, when we're, we're talking about you coming on, I'd ask what the guest wants to play. Because mm-hmm. if I choose something, I'm just going to choose Smash and Diddy Kong Racing 17 times, <laughs> you know, and, and that's not, that's, that's not one that's boring, but I mean, I'll play it again, but, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And now this is sort of like long-term plan at some point, we're going to start playing some like N64 mods. Cause there's a lot of people out there's a mod community oh, cool. out there. Yeah. That's making like new stages for Banjo-Kazooie and for Ocarina of Time and mashing up you know, Zelda and Mario 64 and things like that. And like, you know, you can do that with emulation devices and stuff as they're built to be played that way. Mm-hmm. And so we'll do some different stuff as we go along as well. It's not just every single game, but F-Zero X on the list. Uh, I mean, p- pick a game that you, that you probably, like you said, anyone out there that's listening, pick a game that like you think is like obscure and no one's played or anything like that. I'm sure I haven't played it and I'm sure... A lot of people out there haven't, and mm-hmm. we'll get to it at some point. And believe me, we will do our darndest to to give it to to give it justice. Nice. Um, so, I like we already said, I was a guest on the episode about the South Park game, the one with all the turkeys, um, <laughs> not the South Park, not the South Park racing game, the uh, the first first person shooter yeah. um, with the snowballs and stuff. <laughs> Other than that episode um what episode would you recommend people check out from the show if you could give a recommendation for a place to start i would say that on level 20 of the podcast uh matt stormageddon came to the show Mm -hmm. good friend of tales from the backlog exactly and fantastic show as well uh but they brought buck bumble so similar Uh to to what we've been talking about how you know every once in a while there's like yourself, bringing South Park. Buck Bumble's a perfect example. Uh, Matt said, hey, I want to bring this game that I have an affection for growing up. And I knew nothing about this game. I recognized mm-hmm. the cover. 
And that's pretty much it. And I said, great, let's do it. So not only did we end up playing a game that we both enjoyed, I was, I loved this game. I thought it was excellent. Um, it's not perfect, but I thought it was excellent still, like really mm-hmm. great time. Um, we just had a really good time sort of reminiscing about games like that, that are kind of like obscure or, or feel like they were really big to you, but they aren't to other people, mm-hmm. you know, and you're kind of surprised about that. So I think it's a good encap- encapsulation of experiencing something that is familiar to one and not to the other and talking about this game and experiencing it over again, which Matt did. And for the first time, like myself, so uh, level 20, I called garden warfare. Um, that would be the one to check out for buck bumble. I think that's one of the ones that stands out to me. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah. So tell everyone where they can find uh, Remember 64, where they can find you. Um, and then we've kind of camped out on Remember 64 because we just got done talking about an N64 game on the show here. Uh, but you also have some other podcasting ventures as well. So plug, shill as much as you will. I don't know why I do this to myself. It gives me just extra. I mean, I, li- I like doing it. That's why yeah, I do of it. Course, um, yeah. But the first podcast that I started was called is called Back in My Day. Um, and we do a mix of covering new stuff and old stuff that is anywhere from mostly TV and movies, but also video games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about older stuff, it'll be older movies, for example. Like we'll talk about stuff from tw- we're picking this sort of thing every year. Our sort of theme will be 25 years ago. Let's mm-hmm. watch a few movies here. Let's watch a few movies there. This year, one of our things that we've been doing is going through all the Ninja Turtles movies again before Mutant Mayhem came out and after as well. So that's been kind of fun to revisit all those. Yes, including the more modern ones as well. We're going through everything. Um, we also did that with the Batman movies. We did it with the Spider-Man movies, all that sort of stuff. So sort of theme theme our, our months and our rewatches and watches for the first time around current things that are coming out. And then mm-hmm. we will go and talk about that current movie or TV show as well. And then cool. at the end of the year, we kind of pick our favorite TV shows, our favorite movies, things like that. So uh, that's back in my day. You'll find that across uh, all the platforms as well. And for Remember 64, yes, you can find Remember 64 in all the podcast feeds. Uh, easiest way to find that on social media is Remember 64 Show. Uh, I think I have that on everything at this point. So Pick a platform. I have it. If you find it on YouTube, which I do some funny shorts and I'll put up audio and video versions of uh, of the episodes as well. It's remember dash 64. But I think if you just search the thing, I don't know how YouTube search works. I don't know yeah. if that's I think if you just search it, it'll probably just pop up. Um, so I'm trying to do some different things. And and uh, and like I said, I'm going to put up gameplay videos and stuff as well. So that when we get to the mods, for example, it'll kind of be a cool thing to sort of check out something different. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it also, if you want to listen to me talk about new video games or Ooh. newer video games, including like indies and stuff, like you're mentioning, um, with this uh, with this F Zero sort of indie version, um, I play a lot of indie games on my on my time as well and review them. Um, mm-hmm. It's at consolecreatures.com, and the podcast is called the Creature Cast. Okay. And every week we go through games that we've been playing for the last seven days. Um, many of them are reviews, some of them are previews. Uh, this past week, or at least at this as of this recording in mid-September, we've done a lot of previews of like Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, all this stuff is like just barely in. There's so many games to play this year. And uh, I kind of fit in the spot of being the guy who plays the smaller games most of the time. Okay. Um, 
And I'm happy to do that because I love the little, I love the indie games. I love the different ideas and different approaches. So most mm-hmm. of the time, you'll hear me play about uh, talk about that. Um, but again, that is the Creature Cast and ConsoleCreatures.com. Okay, awesome. Um, I will throw those links down in the show notes so everyone can have easy access to them, of course. But um, I am going to talk about myself in uh, about um, uh, you know thirty seconds or so. I'm going to spend some time talking about this, Dave. So while I'm doing that, uh, you can assume I say the same thing I said last time on the podcast and go check out uh, guest Dave's shows down in the show notes. Thank you for coming on and talking about F0X. This has been great, man. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy to be able to to go back and play a game like this. I love I, I really love arcadey racing games, and this mm-hmm. is exactly what that is. And like we said, it's just fun and cool, and I love that. Awesome. Yeah, um, it took us a little while to uh, find a game to get you on Tales from the Backlog, but you know this game came up, and I was like, "All right, N sixty four game. We're gonna, this is this is the time. This is the time, baby. Let's do Boom. it." Boom. Yeah. So thank you again, man. Of course. So uh, if you would like to support Tales from the Backlog, there are several good ways to do that. The best way to do it is to tell somebody about the show. Spread the good word. Uh, it really helps people find the show. Another way to help people find the show is leaving ratings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. Uh, You don't even have to type out a review. You can just hit the five-star thing and send it in. That pushes it up in the search results and helps people find the show. If you would like to support monetarily, and again, like I said at the top of the show, vote in some of those polls, get bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff, patreon.com slash realdavejackson. I also have another podcast. You and I... We're, we're idiots in some ways doing multiple <laughs> podcasts. Um, I have another show called a top three podcast where we do top three lists or we draft stuff. Um, it is mostly a comedy show. That is the place where I talk about things that are not video games. Uh, although we do talk about video games from time to time because I'm me. So <laughs> that's a top three <laughs> podcast. It's a good time. Um, a link down in the show notes, just with uh, just the same as everything else. So Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog at 1,000 kilometers an hour.